Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we get into tonight's story, I have a quick question. What is a dream, or rather a nightmare, you've had that seemed so real that you had to convince yourself when you woke up that it didn't actually happen? I've had a handful, and I think some of them may be slightly connected to sleep paralysis, and maybe I just felt like I was dreaming at the time when I really wasn't, but someone, some of them I've had are just... They feel so real, and it's terrifying. I've had dreams in the past where I felt... I've had dreams in the past where I killed someone, and for some reason it felt incredibly real. I woke up horrified, scared that I had done something horrible. Have you ever had an experience like that? Had a dream or a nightmare so real that it seems to transcend the dream world. And it's strange, isn't it? Dreams are really, really powerful. The mind is a powerful thing, and sometimes it likes to play tricks on us. Very cruel tricks, at least in my case. Let me know in the comment section below if you've ever had an experience like that, or... Maybe an experience like the person in tonight's story. I'd love to hear it. I spent most of Sunday in the tired haze, vaguely disturbed by dreams beyond recall. At times I would stop mid-stride in the kitchen or on the stairs, grasping at flitting sense memories that seemed to come and go with the shifting autumn sunlight must have been my own breathing. I had to be it. I remembered laying in darkness, eyes closed, body motionless, as the sound of my own breathing reverberated in my head. No, that wasn't it. It had to have been wind of some sort, tainted by cavernous subterranean qualities. It had ebbed and flowed around me as I'd slept, and if I'd somehow lain in some warm, fetid hollow in the bowl of a dead tree worn by rot. No, that still wasn't it. Snapped out of my gaze, I gripped my freshly made coffee and stared at the shaded room to my right. The hallway sat in complete silence, as did the guest room. 
Peering at each dim corner in turn, I tried to guess what had caught my attention, but the only thing I managed to acquire was the strange fear of turning my back on the seemingly empty room. Closing the door softly, as if someone or something might hear me, I frowned and moved on, closing each open door in my house one by one rather than imagine unseen eyes watching me from every afternoon shadow. A creak resounded loudly through the house. Turning, I watched the base of the stairs, inexplicably certain that someone was standing up there just beyond. Somebody worried that I had heard them. Heart pounding, I moved toward the steps. A loud knock on the front door snapped through me, bringing sudden shock and subsequent relief. I opened it with a cautious glare, peering around the edge while keeping my awareness on the steps behind me. He began talking almost immediately, his stance apologetic, his tone embarrassed. I hadn't seen him in ten years, and we hadn't really been friends. More like a group acquaintances, suffering through school together. His hair was a little greasy, but quickly slicked back as best as could have been expected, and he looked rather tired as he gave his spiel. The words were different but I'd seen the intent many times before on the streets, in the faces and tones of the homeless and desperate. At any other time, I would have been annoyed. Offended, even, and a little concerned, but... Shrugging, I tipped my head toward the couch and opened the door wider. Grateful, he immediately took a seat, visibly afraid to touch anything or make a mess. He kept talking at a rapid pace, making apologies and promising he'd be out of my hair in just a few days. I let him speak as I made rounds, ensuring the house was clear with a thorough and suspicious search. It was almost worse, not finding anything. I was certain someone had been in the house. I could still feel it as I studied every detail of each room, hoping to find something moved or out of place. I stopped in front of the guest room, letting the door swing open before me. It was something. A noise. A hue. It felt... wrong. As if the entire square space was putting on an act, hoping to trick me into entering. Was it the light from the window? With narrowed eyes, I began following the dappled gray light over the small bed, along the wall toward... I blinked several times, unable to find the shimmering patch where the beams should have ended. Abruptly, my visitor's chatter stopped. Feeling imminently vulnerable without my shield of sound, I reached in quickly and closed the door. Returning to the front room, I found him passed out on the couch. I wondered if it was drugs, gambling, or divorce. Actually, it didn't matter. He was still a stranger for all intents and purposes, connected to me by only the barest excuse. Had he burned every other bridge before showing up here? In any case, I had to go to work the next day, and I wasn't happy about leaving him in my house unattended. Impressed with my own 
improvisational skills, I set up a small camera near the television, hidden in many layers of similar black plastic technology. I woke Monday morning feeling only more tired. Quickly grabbing a nearby pen, I began writing down details as best I could. It had been the same dream, only slightly more intense. There had definitely been the sound of moving air, a quiet roar whose character changed frustratingly in my memories as I tried to decipher it. The strangest part was that there had been no feeling associated with it. It had just been a sound grinding through my head uncomfortably. But the other sensation had me more perturbed. A methodical impact of some sort had hovered in my awareness as I lay dreaming. A noise maddeningly difficult to interpret. The hands of a ticking clock, only louder. A blacksmith's hammer, only distorted. A heartbeat, only more metallic. Was it just my own breath and pulse made demonic by nightmare? Dragging myself out of bed, I groaned and unlocked my bedroom door and immediately froze, brought short by a crowd of angry stares. The hallway sat enshrouded in pre-dawn darkness, silent and empty, the ranks of open doors watching me with almost palpable menace. Flicking the lights on, I proceeded with caution, looking behind me often. Eventually, I found my visitor still asleep on the couch in nearly the same position. Had he gotten up and opened all the doors during the night? Nothing seemed missing. Sensing my presence, he groaned and began stretching his nervous chatter, immediately resuming. I listened to him complain about nightmares as he popped two pills from an orange prescription bottle. Drugs? I was leaning towards drugs. He seemed a little manic, but self-aware and apologetic at random. Smiling sheepishly, he told me he'd find some place to go during the day as a courtesy, and I could only shrug with begrudged surprise. So much for my improv camera skills. I felt much better knowing he wouldn't be there all day alone. Still, I took a moment to email myself the night's footage, but I soon regretted the decision to linger. With each passing second, the house seemed to grow heavier. The very nature of the place, tilting on invisible angles and imagined threat, glancing around nervously as I waited for the email to complete. I found nothing strange with my eyes or ears, but... Something was happening. I was sure of it. An animal feeling of dread grew to overpowering strength in my chest as I watched the last of the upload complete. Finally, I bolted, only barely remembering to lock the door behind me. The house seemed to watch me go. Or was it something just behind those windows, peering out from the darkness? My strange fears remained even into the sobering reality of work. Passing co-workers seemed just as tired, drained, and unkempt as I was. Was it just Monday? Or were they having strange dreams, too? Peering out of my cubicle, I wondered how I might bring up something like that, and whether they would even tell me the truth. The overbearing corporate environment left little room for real conversation. 
getting my third coffee, enthused that the day was almost over. I glanced at my clock. 11.12 a.m. I could have sworn it was almost five. Blinking, I tried to focus and recall the vague mix of work and procrastination I'd pulled off so far that day, but it was all a blur. Decided to kill some time, I logged onto my personal email and began watching the night's video I'd taken, half afraid that I'd see my drug-addled visitor creeping about the house. I peered past my monitor at first, afraid that someone might catch me clearly wasting time, but the rest of the office seemed overtaken by a deeper-than-usual malaise. The longer I watched the video, the more I stared, studying every little corner of the dark room. Every random shift in the video's quality had me increasingly wary that I was about to witness something horrible. The dread became so strong that I felt a little physically ill and had to push my coffee away on the desk. And still, he just tossed and turned on the couch, passing eleven, passing midnight. I clicked ahead a little bit but so entranced I was burning hours quickly. I hoped that I could reach the five o'clock escape I'd been cruelly denied. After all, I wouldn't really see something horrible, would I? Some emaciated corpse-like thing emerging from the stairs, a mingled ghost creeping past? <laughs> no, no way. I unclitched my white-knuckled fingers inside. The video was a bust. What had I expected? I wasn't even sure. It was in that moment of relieved disappointment that I felt it again. On the barest edge of my senses, I could hear the fringes of that quiet roar. As I focused my ears, I could even grasp hints of that indecipherable beat, that other, deeper, maddening sound. realization hit me with a shot of adrenaline. Reaching forward, I turned up the speaker slightly. It wasn't in my head. It was on the video. Grabbing for dusty headphones from a desk drawer, I scrambled to plug them in. Just as I moved to raise the volume, the player changed size and threw an error message. Clicking angrily, I played it again, only to find the same result. A few rising seconds of those nightmarish sounds, followed by a playback error. I threw my headphones down in anger, but there was nothing that could be done. Five came and went as I frantically searched the internet for any explanation for the sounds I'd heard. Failing that, I stared at my monitor for a good hour, locked in indecision. The soul-chilling realization hit me again every time I started to think about heading home. I wasn't imagining it. There was something in my house. And so I sit there, spinning idly in my chair, the office dark and empty. I know I have to go back there, and I have to deal with... Whatever awaits, mortgages don't have supernatural exit clauses after all, but I think I'll just give it a few more minutes. I'm sure it'll be fine. 
Still, I'll give you just one more coffee in a few more minutes. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I finally arrived home last night to find my visitor sitting on the front stoop, looking every bit as disheveled as that morning. I wasn't sure where he'd gone all day, and I was still a bit wary about his sudden presence, but I wasn't about to go back into my house alone. He stood and began talking immediately upon seeing me, again apologizing and rambling on about how grateful he was and how I wouldn't even know he was there. Was he at all aware of the dark presence the place was casting across the neighborhood? It felt as if a silent giant sat hunkered down between the other houses, glaring passerby out of sheer malice. I unlocked the front door and gave it a little push, letting it swing inward, the evening light scattering shadows before us. Seeing nothing amiss, I cautiously stepped in. My visitor immediately followed, moving to the couch and sitting. He took a moment to pop two pills and then resumed talking as I explored the house. Although I found nothing directly out of the ordinary, I had the oddest sense that the entire structure was no longer a closed unit, but rather the antechamber to some far more vast space. It felt like walking around in the front lobby of a church. What an elaborate cathedral hidden just beyond a set of doors I'd yet to find. Frustrated, I sat on the couch opposite my visitor. He commented about how exhausted I look and began commiserating about how tired he was due to his recent nightmares. With narrowed eyes, I watched him speak, realizing that he was talking about the same dream I'd been having. Before I had a chance to get a word in edgewise, he began slurring and then tipped over. Picking up his pill bottle from the coffee table, I found that he'd been taking sleeping pills. That made sense. With no other option, I decided that I might learn more by attempting the dream again. After closing and locking all doors in the house out of a sense of vulnerability and taking care to block the guest room that still seemed to hold invisible menace, I reclined on my smaller couch opposite my already sleeping visitor and resolved to keep my awareness as I fell into dreaming. Thanks to my exhaustion, I was still able to fall asleep despite my intense stress. For a time, 
I hovered at the edge of awareness, clinging to thought in a sensationless well of darkness. At some indefinable point, I began hearing that subtle rush. But when I opened my eyes, I was no longer on the couch. At first, I stared into darkness, thinking I'd awoken in the middle of the night, but as I moved my head, I began to perceive faint, blurry orange. Extremely dim, hazy lines dancing like fire in my vision. Beset by nausea, I tried to comprehend what I was seeing, but only managed to confuse myself further. The fuzzy orange lines were so faint that they seemed to almost disappear into a blackness as I looked at them. Until I learned to look away, perceiving them only with the edges of sight. I realized that I was not imagining the surreal display when I raised my hand and perceived a shaky orange blur in the rough outline of the fingers I expected. The sound of moving air was louder here, as loud as my dreams the night before, but I still felt no wind against my skin. I still had skin here. Dizzy and spinning with sickness, I curled over and began crawling across what felt like rough, rotted wood. Spots of dry roughness crossed under my weak hands between random soggy bouts of mushy... something. Looking down, all I could see were incomprehensible patterns of blurry orange interspersed with large patches of blackness. My dazed crawl brought one of my outstretched hands against a chilly, coarse surface. My heart soared as I touched it, my senses instinctively recognizing cinder blocks. Whatever the hell was happening, there was at least some sort of familiar element here, and it was not simply lost in an unbound nightmare. Fighting my intense nausea to stand, I crept along the chill wall, trying to perceive anything ahead in the mad, shifting darkness and blur. My soul lit with hope as my hand found an edge, and then... a handle. It was a door. Swinging it open, I stumbled through my head on fire, my limbs weak. It seemed every moment here made me feel progressively worse. But I had to see, had to know... something. The unknown object of my quest was up the rotting, half-mushy steps passing underneath my hands and knees. I just knew it. I couldn't spend another entire exhausted day not understanding what was happening in my home this had to be related. Another door blocked my way up. Struggling to stand again, I searched for the knob, but it was gone, leaving only an empty circle. The door swung out and I fell forward onto something my hands perceived as soggy dirt and matted carpet. Focusing, I managed to see a little more, as if the space had slightly more of the ghastly non-light that made every line and angle dance like a shadowed flame. Crawling forward, I was now more certain that I'd awoken in some sort of basement and had now managed to reach an analog of a living room. Here, that second inexplicable sound joined the first, that maddening metallic heartbeat mixing with the omnipresent roar to drown out the pained sounds of my own breathing. Freezing in place, it hit me that I could hear and feel my own breathing. Was that supposed to happen in dreams? 
While looking down in surprise, I managed to perceive a window out of the corner of my eye and hurriedly crawled toward it while I had strength left. Each further motion spiked the dizzy sickness filling my head, but I pushed on, terrified of what I would see beyond, but seized by the desire to know. Up close, I could tell that there were no curtains, no panes. The wood lattice that had held the glass remained only in jagged splinters, long since rotted away, gripping the frame. I lifted myself up and peered over. The reaction seemed to start at my hands and feet, working the rest of the way through me in slow motion as bursting adrenaline fueled my perceptions. It was a scream. An animal sound of absolute horror, backed by the full weight of soul, mind, and body. It seized my upper chest and made to rip out of my opening jaw only to come up short as a hand closed over my mouth and pulled me forcefully down. I remember screaming repeatedly into that hand and then two hands as my visitor desperately tried to keep me silent. My widely strained eyes saw only incomprehensible orange until he shoved his face in mine and shouted silently to shut up. I complied, if only because of the absolute terror in his blurry orange and black features cut through my hysteria by sheer force. I understood as my thoughts returned that he was right. If I'd managed to scream, we would have been heard. And then the things I'd seen outside would have been aware of us. The image remained seared in my mind, even through my dizziness and terror. We might have been crawling around in some sort of rotted version of a house, but the landscape beyond was anything but a suburb. In some places, there were certainly structures that looked like buildings, uh, dilapidated and putrefied by some otherworldly blight, but they stood at random odds to uneven orange and black silhouettes, a bleak wasteland, and twisted nightmarish shapes whose purpose I could only guess at. Worst of all were the several lithe creatures moving past outside. Processing the images, I could only begin to comprehend what I'd seen. Blank eyes sat empty with gnarled impressions of human heads, some with stringy hair, some with large missing patches that opened onto brain matter beneath. They walked on legs, too thin and long, swinging arms that tried very hard to look human, but failed. The creak in the house behind had us both turned over and frozen in an instant. Staring in terror at a not human moving in our room with an uneven gait. Standing tall and emaciated, it... No. The more I stared, the more the blurry orange outlines became clear, showing a shapely deceased body and a mockery of long hair. She looked back and forth around the room with blink eyes, searching. My visitor became my friend, then because... God help us. Clenched my wrist with a death grip and remained motionless, his entire body strained with fear. Stuck in place with him, for there was nowhere else to go, I watched and waited for the creature to make some move. Her blank eyes turned toward us and paused. I looked straight at those twin voids, my thoughts empty of anything but total alarm. 
if she moved, if she made a noise, if she called for the others, I would what? Run? Or wake up? God, were I dreaming? How had I forgotten that? She tilted her head slightly down into the side as if to dismiss some half-notion, a very human-like gesture, and then began treading forward again. She opened the front door with a skeletal hand that I noticed had only three fingers and a thumb, and then the door closed. And above that omnipresent quiet roar and maddening metallic beat, we heard a click. Had she just locked the door behind her? Dreaming. 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 I squeezed my hands and then my awareness itself, pushing at the heavy blanket on my thoughts. Shooting upward through the deep waters of consciousness, I seemed to reach an incredible speed, hurtling toward a surface that broke with a shout. Sitting up, back on my old couch, I kept shouting, my hands shaking in the air. Across from me on his couch, my friend looked at me with wide eyes and he screamed right back, yelling at first in terror alone and then about how she couldn't see us. We'd escaped. The workday passed. In a daze, almost as blurry as the dream had been. I knew for certain that something horrific was happening in my house, but that nightmare world had brought more questions than answers. Where was it? Was it real? What were those things? Were they trying to look human? Trying to make buildings like ours? For what purpose? Or were they once human? A sense rotted by time and evil. And why couldn't she see us? Were we ghosts to them? Like they were to us? I shuddered in my chair as I thought about the presence and malice I'd been sensing in my home. Were they walking around my house when they slept, dreaming of me? There's no hesitation in me this time. I have a friend to do this with, and I know this is really happening now. I have to go back to the nightmare because... Judging by the changing feel of my house with each passing day, if I do nothing, it will just come here. <laughs>